This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. Thanks for hanging out with us here. Close out what was a pretty fun week in the NHL and a pretty cool night last night. I mean, where to begin? How about that Rangers third period in Detroit, huh? I mean, the Rangers, and we've talked about it at nauseum on this podcast, they just aren't the same team in the third period as they were last year. Well, boy, they made up for lost time. They went into this game last night minus six in the third period after being a plus 37 last year. And they put up six unanswered goals in third. This is a 2-2 tie. And I, even though I thought the Rangers played well through the first 40 minutes, it kind of was going by the script of the Rangers all season. You know, tied going to the third period, I think for the ninth time out of 15 games this year. Um, not cashing in on some opportunities. Blowing a lead again. They had the one nothing lead on the Zabana Jad goal. And then Raymond's goal early in the second period made it 2-1. And you're going into the third period saying, okay, when is this team going to turn it around in the third period? And boy, did they ever. It took six minutes, but in the span of about a little over 10 minutes of gameplay, they went from a 2-2 tie to an uh, an 8-2 win. And they scored four goals in two minutes and, 30, and in 57 seconds. It's just incredible. Goudreau contributes with three points, four-point uh Night um, for Fox, uh, just a really just incredible, incredible explosion of goals. And you wonder if this is going to be maybe the catalyst for this team to kind of turn it around. You knew they were better than the way they played over the first 14 games. And hey, it's just one game. But when everything kind of crystallizes, like all the negatives turn to positives in one period, you begin to think, well, maybe this is finally going to wake them up. And now they've got two winnable games coming up next. They're going to be in Nashville on Saturday. I'll have the call with Dave. Maloney for that one. Nashville struggling. They gave up five unanswered goals in Colorado last night. And then the short turnaround for Arizona. Arizona had a really nice win, shutting out the Islanders over in Belmont 2-0. But it'll be the tail end of a road trip for the Coyotes, a team the Rangers have already beaten. So you don't want to get ahead of yourself, but if you can turn this into a nice three-game winning streak before you hit that West Coast trip, and it'll start against Red Hot Seattle next Thursday... Well, maybe the Rangers can kind of put uh, something together here and be better in November than they were uh, in the beginning of the month. So we'll see there. But a nice 8-2 win for the Rangers over the Red Wings. And uh, Huso just looked awful in that third period. The the Hayak goal was definitely one that he wanted to have back. Devils just continue to march on. And the script's kind of been similar for them as well. You know, blow a third period lead, but find a way to win. 41 shots on goal on Forsberg as they beat the Senators in overtime 4-3 to for their eighth consecutive win. This was interesting. Very seldom do you see both teams get power play opportunities in overtime, but that's what happened. The Devils killed off the Senators' power play, and then the Devils cashed in on their power play. Uh, Nico Heeshear had a big goal, and he gets credit for the goal in overtime. It was originally thought to be Hamilton's goal, but it was credited to Heeshear on the deflection with 33 seconds to go in overtime. So Heeshear finishes with two goals, and we've talked a lot about the Devils, how this has just been a funky ride for them. And as far as Ottawa's concerned, you know, there's so much optimism. And then they went out and they went, you know, you get you get Giroux and... You, you felt like they were disappointing last year when many people thought that they were about to turn a corner, myself included. I really thought that that Ottawa was a team to be reckoned with, and you're seeing Detroit's playing better, Buffalo to a certain extent um, in, in the Atlantic Division, uh, but really 
not really gaining much traction, the the uh, the Ottawa Senators. And then last year ended up being a wasted year for them. And then this year they go out and they get to bring it. Um, they go out and get Giroux. You've got a uh, Strutzla who's starting to turn into his own here. Uh, Batherson's becoming a good player for them. I liked Forsberg as a goaltender, and yet they're they're just kind of just in mud right now and just not moving around. Uh, they're a team that's you know sitting there with nine points in thirteen games played, minus three goal differential, and only the Columbus Blue Jackets are keeping them away from being the worst team in the Eastern Conference, and you wonder if D.J. Smith could be one of those coaches that they end up letting go at the end of the day. We'll have to keep an eye on that. As I mentioned, the Coyotes shut out the Islanders by the final score uh, of 2 to nothing. so that, you know, good on the Coyotes just trying to climb out of the basement of that central division. And, uh, they, you know, again, good goaltending, but they clamp it down, only 24 shots on goal for the Islanders. And, you know, the Islanders came into this game with, I think the sixth most goals in the NHL. They were the best five-on-five team in the NHL, and the Coyotes just shut them down. So I don't know if it was a hangover from that thrilling victory on Tuesday for the Islanders at Madison Square Garden, but if they look past the Coyotes, whatever it, uh, whatever it is, but kind of a stunner there, they get shut out. Bruins, very, very dangerous team, right? Second-best team in the NHL as far as points are concerned. Having a phenomenal start to their season, and now you add Charlie McAvoy, plays in his first game back from injury last night and scores a goal as the Bruins beat the Flames 3-1. to Watch out for Carolina. They'll be kind of lurking in the weeds, not getting talked about too much because they won the division last year, but a disappointing loss in seven games to the Rangers. They made some subtle changes. They bring in Burns. He scores last night. Svetsnikov with the hat trick as he turns out to be the star, not Connor McDavid, although McDavid did score as the Hurricanes put up a touchdown and thrashed the Oilers 7-2. to uh, Playing without Evander Kane, certainly, and then the, the, the tragedy of that cut wrist, and it looks like he's going to be okay. Had surgery the other day, but you know how, how long he'll be out, but... Hurricanes with a seven to two win. Blue Jackets they beat the Flyers five to two. It's about time for this team to wake up a bit. And a um, couple of goals for uh, Johnny Hockey, um, or, or excuse me, a goal for him. Two goals for Boone Jenner in that victory. Uh, they continue to march along those Vegas Golden Knights. They just cannot be stopped. Thirteen wins in their first fifteen games. They beat the Sabers by the final score of 7-4. to four. I didn't get any reaction from any Buffalo Sabres fans on why the attendance is so low, but they did have close to 16,000 in the building last night. But uh, Eichel, who's the big transaction last year, right, the big acquisition, puts up a hat trick there. Uh, there was not a team in the National Hockey League that needed a win more than the St. Louis Blues, and they got it. Logan Couture scores early in the third period to tie it at three. You're thinking, here we go again. Rosen gets his first, uh, Achari gets his second, and the Blues end up with the 5-3 to three win over the Sharks. They needed that one. Predators, I'll get a chance to see them on Saturday. They were in Colorado to take on the Avalanche. Five unanswered goals, two for Antonin as the Avalanche cruise to the victory over Nashville. And the Kings win in overtime over the Blackhawks. The final score there was 2-1. to one. Fiala, who was their big off-season acquisition, picks up his fourth of the season. The game winner with two seconds to go in overtime. So that wraps things up as far as what happened last night. Some very interesting games tonight. Penguins trying to feed off that big win over the Washington Capitals on Wednesday. They'll be in Toronto to take on the Maple Leafs. That same Capital team under 500, 6-7-2, going up against another underachieving Tampa team at 7-5-1. 8-30, the Sharks will play the second of back-to-backs in Dallas against the Stars. And the Wild 
will take on the Kraken in Seattle as Seattle looks for their sixth consecutive win. Well, it's Friday. You know what Friday means. It is now time for the Top 5. Don LaGreca's Friday Top 5. Well, we start from the bottom with number 5. Number 5. And I think the Carolina Hurricanes deserve a lot of credit. They're starting to really turn the corner. Natchez has been good. Svechnikov with a hat trick last night. Goaltending has been very solid as well. Even Stahl joined the party last night for his first of the season. Carolina Hurricanes, there's not going to be a lot of talk about this team. I warned you going into the year that the Hurricanes are probably just going to have a year where you're not going to pay much attention to them because it's all about the postseason for this team. They have proven how good they are in the regular season. they now got to prove that they can make a run. I think they can. They cracked the top five right at the bottom at number five. Number four. Seattle Kraken are getting goaltending from Jones. They're getting contributions from pretty much everybody on the board. You look at um, you look at their stats, and you know Schwartz has got uh, um, five goals for them. Barakovsky's been good, thirteen points on the season. So they have just been very, very solid putting together. It's a slow burn there in Seattle, but if you're going to get the goaltending, you're going to play well defensively. Five consecutive wins in what is a very wide-open Pacific division. You know, Calgary's off to a bit of a slow start there in the Pacific. That looked like it was a fait accompli. They were going to be a playoff team for sure. Um, you look at uh, Vancouver and Anaheim have kind of buried themselves here early in the season. Edmonton kind of slowed down, now playing around 500 hockey. They've um, kind of cooled off. Seattle, it's a little too early to call them legit. You know, Dave Maloney, who I do the Ranger games with, says 20 games is a really good indication of where a team is. That's the quarter pole of the season. So we still have another couple of weeks before we get to that point. But, you know, right now they're in contention, plus nine goal differential, which in the Pacific Division has been, you know, outstanding standing because the Pacific Division not really known for their goal against the entire division the entire Pacific Division only has two teams that have a plus goal differential Vegas at 23 Seattle with nine otherwise you got the Kings are in second place minus two Edmonton's a wild card team they're at minus one Calgary at minus five you know these are good teams that are still uh, you know south of the border there so that kind of tells you the kind of year Seattle's having I got them at four Number three. I want to put them a little higher, but I still think the Devils are best placed at three. Eight consecutive wins. They started the year 0-2. And you're right. You you started the clock on Lindy Ruff, right? He's not going to be able to survive. All of his assistant coaches were let go during the offseason. So since those two losses, they are 11-1. 11-12, eight in a row, 22 points, plus 15 goal differential. Now, um... Veritek got hurt last night. Smed had to come in to replace him, but didn't allow a goal. Um, they are really good away from home, winning five of six. Good uh, 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 away from home, good at home at six and two. And as I mentioned, eight in a row, nine of their last ten, eleven of twelve. I mean, the Devils have just been just so much fun to watch, and I still are going to keep them at three. Number two. Boston still at two. Uh, Boston did lose to Toronto the other night, but still winners of nine of their last ten. After that loss to Toronto, they've won the next two. And as I mentioned when I was recapping last night's games, Charlie McAvoy jumps into the fold here. He's a Norris Trophy candidate, so they've been able to play amazing hockey. 11-2 and two without him, and then he jumps in and they win a game. So, And with the slow starts for Florida and Toronto and Tampa, you know, Boston's widening their lead right now. They've got a seven-point 
four-point lead over Florida for first place in the Atlantic Division with the same amount of games played as the Panthers. So Boston is legit, and they've got tons of injuries. they got Krejci back. But they still have guys with McAvoy back, but they're still banged up, still finding ways to win. Excellently coached by Montgomery. I've got Boston at number two. Number one. And until further notice, Vegas has to be your top team, right? They just continue to find ways to win. Eichel has been good. Riley Smith had a big night the other night with two goals, including one in overtime. Their goaltending has been very solid. They just play any way you want to play it. They've got 26 points, the most in the National Hockey League, plus 23 goal differential, best in the NHL, 5-1 and one at home, 8-1 and one on the road, nine consecutive wins. They're going to take on a struggling St. Louis team to get to double digits, possibly, for consecutive wins on Saturday. The Vegas Golden Knights, to me, are number one with a bullet. Who are you taking out? Listen, there's other teams. The Kings certainly deserve a lot of consideration as well. Um, But uh, I'm very, very comfortable with this top five. I'm sure some Devil fans... Um, including Harvey Cruz, who's starting to work for us at 98.7 ESPN, New York's Big Devil fan, wants to see them crack the top two. I'm sorry, I cannot remove Vegas or Boston. I'm pretty happy with that top five. Let's close out the week with your tweets. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. David Hines says, I don't believe I've heard your opinion on it, but thoughts on the Kraken troll mascot, Bowie, or Bowie, I guess it's Bowie, He is supposed to be based in Seattle's uh, Fremont Troll sculpture and wasn't well-received, but his social media presence looks like it's slowly warming people. Anthony, I don't know if you know anything about this. I do not know anything about Bowie. Um, I will try to look it up. I'll pay attention. I'm calling the game out there next Thursday. I'll see if I get a chance to meet him. Unfamiliar with Bowie. But, But we are very unfamiliar with Bowie, so it's hard to have an opinion about something we don't know. But uh, it doesn't seem like it's gaining um, uh, that much traction. The fact that I watch as much hockey as I do and I haven't seen them, maybe that's on me. I'm not sure. But between me and Anthony, we pretty much have every game covered every single night. And I just don't have any information on that. Donnell Weaver says, what up, Don? How about the teams from the tri-state area? Devils team keep winning eight straight. Rangers a must-win game last night against the Red Wings, get the win. Islanders bad loss to the Coyotes getting shut out but still playing well. Yeah, all three teams are right now in, in, in pretty good shape as far as um, you look at the playoffs. Right now, the season ended today, and believe me, it does not. Uh, all three teams would be in the playoffs. Devils in first place in the Metropolitan Division, the Islanders in third. Rangers would have the last wild card, but again, not getting crazy over just 15 games played, but so far so good for the local hockey teams. Love when everybody is really good. Adam says, thoughts on the Devils naming Martin Brodeur Executive Vice President of Hockey Operations. Love when teams keep franchise icons around the organization. Also looking forward to seeing you and the rest of TMKS at the 20th anniversary party next week. All right, cool. That's going to be happening on uh, on Friday. If you want to get tickets at the Palladium in New York City, uh, kshow20.com is the way to purchase them. We're going to have a lot of people there. It's going to be a tremendous amount of fun, so I'm glad Adam is going to be there as well. Uh, I'm not sure what to make of it as far as like working hand-in-hand with Fitzgerald. I do know that Brodeur is going to be very hands-on from what I understand, so working hand-in-hand with Fitzgerald. Now, obviously... If this team were struggling, you'd start to think that could he be somebody that could take over as the general manager, but clearly the Devils are not struggling. But I know Marty wanted to get into this. I know he tried with the St. Louis Blues. He's back where he belongs in New Jersey. And when you see a lot of teams, 
You see it with Columbus. You see it with the Rangers. Um, that you're, you're the general manager and the president working hand in hand together. Um, because there's a lot of moving parts. There's a cap to have to worry about. There's scouting, the actual transactions that have to be made during the course of the season. It's a lot of heavy lifting. So Tommy Fitzgerald's done a good job as the general manager, so I don't think this is any kind of shot under his bow. And, you know, that he has to be looking over his shoulder with Brodeur. But I do think Marty is going to be someone that is going to be very, very hands-on with this team. Let's see what else we have here. Mizu says, the Ducks are playing so frustratingly bad right now that I'm thinking it's time to call in Emilio Estevez. Very funny. And I don't know if um, you're new to the podcast. I have never seen any of the Mighty Duck movies. I don't know how that makes me a bad person. Maybe because I'm 54 years old. It wasn't really in my wheelhouse. Anthony, I'm sure you spent a lot of time watching the Mighty Duck movies as a kid. Oh, yeah, they're pretty good. I did not see any of them, but I do know Emilio Estevez is the coach, former hockey player, becoming coach and reluctantly takes over the team and the flying V and all that stuff. So I do kind of know about it, but um, have the kids watch it on Disney Plus. Well, maybe I, and I do love Disney Plus, so maybe I'll get a chance to watch it uh, in the coming weeks. Get them into it, but yeah, I. I it might be time for a coaching change there as well. It wasn't like they weren't active. They went and got Strom. They went and got Vetrano. Um, it just not doesn't seem to be working there whatsoever. So um, wouldn't be surprised if Eakins might be out of there. Uh, Mega Red says, I know Shesty hasn't been playing his A game, but is sticking with Halak as the backup a wise choice? He's been pretty awful, and Louis Domingue is just sitting there. Well... Let's pump the brakes on Halak being awful. I did not think he got any help in Winnipeg. All right. I believe he played and lost in the Columbus game. Yes, I, yes, he did. He wasn't good there. But I thought he was outstanding the other night against Detroit and just did not get any breaks and any help. So I think he's coming into his own. He's a veteran. I'm gonna get, I, I know he's 0-3-1, but I think he's starting to play better. You know, Deming, Ranger fans are going to think about, you know, what trouble he caused the Rangers when he came in in that uh, Penguin series last year and, and was outstanding until the Rangers eventually did get to him and, and win the series in seven. Um, but uh, I'm going to give Halak a little bit more of a chance. I'm assuming he's going to play probably the Arizona game on Sunday, second of back-to-backs, a little travel. So... I would think maybe you see Shesterkin against Nashville and then come back with Halak. Either way, Halak is going to play one of the games over the weekend, and I do believe he'll get his first win. You'll feel a little bit better. Stacy says, do you keep the kid line together? Talking about the Rangers with um, Hedl, Kako, and Lafreniere moving forward. And how do you fill the top two right wing for the Rangers then? Um, I, I think you fill in the way that you, you saw last night. Krapsoff got his first point last night, so that's good. So you move forward from there. Um, but I, I like this line. They had four points um, in, in the game last night. I mean, everybody scored, but they there there seemed to be a connection there. They they played well in the postseason last year. Never really had a chance to do it this year because Heedle had missed so much time, missed half the season because of that upper body injury. So I think now that he's healthy and back together, you keep Lafreniere on the left wing. Uh, I do really like them putting that together. So I'm hoping that that kind of stays. Uh, moving forward, uh, but coming off a win in which you scored eight goals and six in the third period. It's the most goals the Rangers have scored in the third period since they did it against the Pittsburgh Penguins in 1992. We're talking 30 years 
the last time the Rangers had that kind of an explosion in the third period. And boy, they needed it. But it's not going to matter much if you go out and get shut out against Nashville tomorrow. Um, but hopefully this will be a catalyst to the Rangers playing much better as we get deeper and deeper and closer and closer to the quarter pole of uh, this regular season. All right, so that's the lay of the land for me. I'll have both Ranger games this weekend. I'll be in Nashville. i got a flight tonight. Hopefully I get out with all this uh, bad weather in the uh, the East Coast. But I'll be in Nashville tomorrow with Dave for the call of the Rangers and the Predators, then come back home when the Rangers take on the Coyotes at Madison Square Garden on Sunday. Then the Rangers will get three days off before they go out to Seattle for that four-game Western swing, in which I will call three of those four games. So I'm looking forward to that. Great job this week by Anthony. Great job by all of you getting in touch with me. If you want to get in touch with me over the weekend, the best way to do that on social media until I decide to just give it up uh, with this garbage Twitter that uh, is really just bothering me, but that's a whole other story. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. It's not you, it's just... Eight bucks for a verified check just has me in a bad place right now. But anyway, uh, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. You want to get in touch with me. Have a great weekend. Hopefully we'll hook up with EJ on Monday and get a recap of the weekend and find out what's happening with him. Otherwise, we will talk to you again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.